What's good? What's good, party people? Welcome to Candid Conversations. I am your host, Candia Johnson, a woman on a mission to help you show up and speak up anyway, despite dealing with fear, uncertainty, or self-doubt. Speaking of uncertainty, (laughs) that's our hot topic of today. We are talking about making decisions in times of uncertainty. The crazy thing is, over the last several weeks, Leading during uncertainty has been one of my most requested workshops from corporate, uh, from different companies for their corporate leaders in the workplace. And I always chuckle to myself because I remember when I was creating content for this workshop and I was figuring out, you know, some of my key talking points and things of that sort. I just said to myself, Kantia, the reality is we live with uncertainty every single day. (laughs) And I say this to say, Most of us have experienced making decisions during uncertainty. So you are already halfway there to becoming a rock star decision maker. Today, I'm just here to give you an easier method to make decisions more quickly or more efficiently during the madness. But you know, believe me, I get it, y'all. Okay, uncertainty is heightened right now. We are still in this pandemic of a mess. We are still... Uh, in this political mess, particularly in the U.S. and the United States. So not only do we have a heightened level of uncertainty in our workplaces, or we are uncertain a lot more in our businesses, but we also have this level of uncertainty in our personal lives, right? Even our children or, you know, young people, they are, they experience, or they are experiencing this heightened level of uncertainty, but I want to offer you a different way to look at these at this period right now. A heightened level of uncertainty. Although uncertainty is an everyday part of our human experience, right now, it's an opportunity for you to reimagine a new way of thinking, doing, and believing so you can step into that next best version of yourself. It's an opportunity for you to innovate and redefine what success looks like for you in your business, or even in your career, or even in your family. It's an opportunity for you to build your confidence muscle. This is how you build confidence, making a decision while you are not 100% certain. And lastly, it's an opportunity for you to master one of the most important skills for an entrepreneur or a leader at work, One of the most important skills for you to master is an ability to make smart and quick decisions and move forward, even while you don't have all of the information. Success at work and even your personal life requires that you make decisions while you are uncertain. So today I want to talk about mindset, of course, and I'm going to share three methods for you to consider as a way to help you move forward while you're not 100% certain. I'm going to share a few leaders that I like to follow, leaders in retail, music, and even in the beauty industry, and talk about how they have made decisions and move forward amidst being uncertain. So listen, if you're no stranger to candid conversations, you know I like to get the mindset right first, right? And so what I want you to understand is that this begins, this whole process begins with getting your emotions under the control. <laughs> you can be fearful and uncertain and still make decisions and move forward. You can be uncertain and fearful 
and still show up and speak up anyway. Your temporary feelings and emotions are not a stop sign for doing what you have a natural ability to do, which is take action. Now, of course, you can be okay with experiencing anxiety or fear. Just don't let it stop you from showing up. Be okay with sitting in discomfort. Many of you are making a decision to avoid those feelings. But when you do that, you begin to doubt yourself in the process because you are avoiding those feelings of overwhelm or the feeling of confusion, right? And when you avoid those feelings, you start to question your ability or your, your, your competency. Next thing you know, you're in this dark rabbit hole of failing to make a decision and it's repeating itself and showing up in different areas of your life. So managing the emotions that comes with making difficult decisions like fear and anxiety, managing those emotions are a skill. And just like you would learn how to swim or train for a marathon, those, that skill needs to be mastered. Even for our children. This is a universal experience. And we have to realize that as a society... For me, I believe we can do a much better job at teaching the mindset work, how to process, how to sit in those feelings of discomfort. Emotional intelligence should really be taught at a much younger age. Because regardless of your industry or the level you're at in your career, so much of your success is contingent upon an understanding of how our brains work. Our minds have an ability to dream, but it also has the ability to destroy our dreams. Our minds have an ability to make the best decisions, but it also has an ability to talk ourselves out of making the best decisions. And with this level of awareness of how your mind works, you have to understand and embrace your ability to train your mind to choose thoughts and actions that serve you as well as the people you are serving during these periods of uncertainty. This training is a daily practice. So if you want this to be your year that you experience or you create amazing opportunities for yourself, if you are ready to step into the next best version of yourself, train your mind to sit in discomfort and realize that when you are feeling overwhelmed, burned out, anxious, maybe even confused, and these feelings are spilling or emotions are spilling into your workplace or even your homes. And next thing you know, you're lashing out at people. You are delaying taking action. You're not being as productive. You don't really have an ability to focus right now. The more you create a space to sit in those feelings, the more you are upfront and unashamed or unapologetic about what you are feeling or experiencing, the more likely you will get the clarity, confidence, and feedback you need to move forward. It's simply part of the process. We have to stop avoiding it. So the key here is to embrace those feelings and make space for uncertainty and discomfort to coexist with along with those feelings. So I want you to, to, to shift your perspective about a few things. 
One, uncertainty can be reduced but never eliminated. Your role as a leader, whether you are a leader in the workplace, a leader in your business, or a leader at home, your role as a leader is to reduce uncertainty, not eliminate it. The second thing I want you to embrace is certainty is the enemy of growth. You cannot control outcomes. You can only control your effort. A lot of you right now are sitting or failing to make decisions because you want to control the outcome. When the reality is you don't have control of the, over the outcomes. This is causing you to be stuck because you want to have this full control over the outcome. And it's stopping you from taking imperfect action. The third thing I want you to realize is when it comes to making decisions, you're not at times, you're not going to have all of the information that you need to make this decision, but you have to open yourself up to the belief that clarity unfolds. Action precedes clarity. Clarity oftentimes is not going to come to you while you're scrolling on Instagram or LinkedIn. (laughs) You have to give yourself permission to figure things out as you grow along. Notice I said grow along, not go along. We're always growing people through the pain, through the discomfort, through the grief. We are growing. And as you grow along, success will leave clues for you. (laughs) But take note now. Y'all know I like to keep it totally 100. Take note. Sometimes those clues may not feel too good, (laughs) but they are a necessary part of your level up. So recently I was watching an interview with, and uh, I think it was an interview with Essence Magazine featuring Supercent. Her real name is Raynell Stewart. Uh, She is the founder of the Crayon Case. It's a multi-million dollar global beauty brand. At one point she made like $1 million in 90 minutes, y'all. Crazy. But she was being interviewed by Essence and the journalist Uh, posed the question. She said, uh, what were some signs that your business was going to be successful? And she said, when people started stealing my concept for the crayon case. So it's a crayon case. It looks like school supplies, but it's a makeup case. And she said, when she started to realize that uh, people, manufacturers over in China and different businesses were starting to recreate her concept and sell it online. She knew that was an indication that she was going to uh, be successful. And I thought it was funny and she was laughing as well because most of us, we even fail to make a decision to share our work at times because we are afraid of the thievery that's going to go down. And so she said, listen, I made every effort to protect my business. And I had, uh, I think she said she had a copyright, she had a trademark and all those sorts of things, but it didn't stop (laughs) the thieves from coming along and wanting to recreate uh, the brand. But she took that as, okay, it's time for me to go harder. I'm on to something right now. And so I thought that was such a great way to shift perspective because many of us would look at that as, you know, a blow to the business. Do what you can to protect yourself, but keep moving forward. So you have to open yourself up to finding these clues, but it's not going to happen if you don't take action. Recognize it may not make you feel good at times, but you have to keep showing up. Another thing I want you to realize that, you know, as a leader, when it comes to making decisions, while you are uncertain, your people, the people you serve, 
in your workplace, in your business, in your family. People are looking for you to project strength and confidence. But here's the thing. While you may not be able to provide certainty, you can provide clarity in your thoughts and your assumptions and your evaluation based on your experiences. And I know that sometimes when you are trying to make a decision, your people-pleasing alerts go off in your head (laughs) because you want people to be okay with a change or you want them to be comfortable with the decision that you're making. But here's another mindset shift. Your role as a leader is not to get people comfortable with the change. Your role is to get them comfortable with the discomfort. One of the ways to do that Uh, And one of the ways I often encourage leaders to do that is to be clear on the vision, right? And you may need to over-communicate that. Another way to do that is to consistently talk about the value of this decision. While they may not be able to experience the value now, they will experience it later. And when we're thinking about the value of that decision, uh, I look at value as a way to make people's lives easier, right? Things that are going to uh, make them feel more fulfilled, or it's going to be a less stress-free environment, or it's going to reduce the number of steps that it takes. So oftentimes you may be able, you may not be able to provide that right now, but when you over-communicate the fact that this is the vision that you're working towards, or you over-communicate the fact that this is the value that this decision is going to bring, and you are clear and confident in your thoughts and the way that you have possibly developed um, this you know, overview of how this process is going to work. When you are clear and confident in that, it helps to reduce the level of anxiety or fears that people may have. Give yourself permission to help yourself sit and grow through the discomfort and help other people sit and grow through the discomfort. Now we're going to get into methods. And what I want you to understand is that there's never a one-size-fits-all decision-making process, okay? So pick what you need. A few months ago, I came across this article, I think it was in Fast Company magazine, written by Jeff Bezos. If you don't know who he is, he's Amazon's (laughs) gazillion-dollar CEO, okay? But he talked about, in fact, he was the writer behind the article, which I was surprised because I thought it was someone interviewing him. And I'm like, wow, he took the time to write an article. (laughs) But anywho, uh, he talked about his whole decision making process and he talked about how he categorizes decisions. And I thought it was very interesting to see uh, how he uh, not only looks at decisions, but how he also leads his uh, executive team. So he looks at decisions in two ways. He looks at um, a decision as a one-way door decision or a two-way door decision. Okay, So a one-way door decision is impossible to reverse. There is no going back. <laughs> right? Once you make this type of decision, if you walk through it and don't like what you see on the other side, there is no way you can get back to where you were before. The flip side of that is he believes most decisions aren't like that. And I agree with him as well. So he talks about the two-way, disor- two-way door decision is changeable. It's reversible. It's a two-way door. You don't have to live with the consequences for that long 
but you can reopen the door if needed and go back through. So I often think about when I quit my corporate six-figure job. I thought it was a one-way decision, but the reality is it was a two-way decision because guess what? I'm employable. And if this entrepreneur thing doesn't work out, I said to myself, you know what, Candia, you'll just get another job. So when you're faced with making a decision, you have to ask yourself at times, is it a one-way door decision or a two-way door decision? Okay? If it's a two-way door decision, you know it's reversible. It may take you longer to grow through some of the consequences from that decision, but you have an opportunity to make a decision quickly and then execute because you know, listen, if all else fails, I'll just go back. I may have to tweak some things. I may feel uncomfortable for a little while. But then you start thinking about your vision and, 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 and you realize like, you know what? This may be worth it. And listen, of course, we can expect stress, uh, anxiety, or worry surrounding that decision. So to reduce the worry, remember that mindset shift, to reduce the worry, I teach my clients how to apply my five-part framework, which I call the show up anyway method (laughs) to help you get unstuck and navigate the everyday uh, challenges that happen when you are trying to show up and speak up for yourself in life and business. Okay. So the show up anyway framework, it's five parts, pause, breathe, question, refrain, and decide. Embracing your power of pause. A pause could be five seconds, five minutes, or 15 days. So when you think about a two day, a two way door decision, That could take five minutes. But if you think about a one-way door decision, because it's irreversible, you know you may need to spend a little bit more time making that decision. Okay? So context is key. Breathing becomes important. And I always recommend a four, seven, eight breathing technique because I believe uh, it's, it's one of the techniques that I was taught to help reduce my level of anxiety, right, that I was having and dealing with certain personal things and business challenges that I was having in my life. And it's simply breathing in for four seconds, holding that breath for seven seconds, and then exhaling for eight seconds. Just try it for a minute, right? This breathing pattern, that technique, it just helps to reduce the anxiety. Remember, we're just trying to reduce stuff. We ain't trying to eliminate it. Okay. Now the third part of this framework, which is, is, is very important. It's about questioning your thoughts. I can't say this enough. There's no better skill that you can learn than having a better conversation with yourself. And you do that. It starts with learning how to ask yourself questions because when you're making a decision, chances are you're going to drive yourself crazy with what ifs. <laughs> You'll start playing out different scenarios in your head. And the best thing that you could do is to get present. It's to ask yourself what's within my control and what's out of my control. Asking yourself what's within my control and what's out of my control, asking yourself what's most important right now, it can help you turn your what ifs into what to do now. Being able to figure out or just say to yourself, okay, so what's important right now and what am I missing? What am I assuming? And because of these assumptions, how might things unfold? I also like to ask myself at times, Candia, will you regret this at some point? What are you going to regret more, doing it or not doing it? 
Chances are, if you are still, I was thinking about something the other day and, and I looked in, in my journal and guess what? I was having that same thought two years ago. Kenzie, what's going on? That's how I talk to myself, y'all. Look, I got to get my own mind right at times when my therapist is, isn't ready <laughs> or available. Okay? So if you are still thinking about something and you can't escape it, it's time. Simply asking yourself, will you regret it next year this time? Asking yourself, what information do I need to make a well-informed decision? Figuring out, even asking yourself, who can help me make this decision? Do you need to meet with people, right, to find out more information or to make a well-informed decision? Now, now, now here's the thing when it comes to gathering this information. I have a rule where I only gather one, maybe, you know, three levels deep of information, because when it comes to gathering information, you have to be careful because chances are, if you are consuming too much, you're not doing enough. So you have to control what you can consume. But you also have to control who you consume. Who are you getting this advice from? Your mom or your best friend may not be the best person to get this advice from. <laughs> if they haven't walked the walk or even if they can't identify with the vision you have for your life, then this isn't the person that you should get that advice from. This is why expanding your relationships uh, in your, your life to, you know, contingent upon what you may be going through, even if you are experiencing um, some health challenges, this is why expanding your relationships and finding communities who may be, you know, experiencing the same feelings, emotions, or health challenges, or, or business decisions is so key to your level up. So when it comes to getting advice and moving forward with a decision, I love Dr. Brene, Brene uh, Brown's video where she talks about, uh, I think the video is called Why Your Critics Aren't the Ones Who Count. Yeah. But she says, if you're not in the, in the arena getting your ass kicked... I'm not interested in your feedback. Listen, that is my energy forever. <laughs> I am here for that energy. If you are not in the arena getting your ass kicked, I'm not interested in your feedback. Your parents, your mama, your father, your best friend, they mean well. But if they are not in the arena getting their ass kicked, move along. So when you are making decisions... And considering options, context and discernment is key. So once you have a few options, right? Because I want you to consider, like I said, one to three, maybe four possible scenarios of how things might happen over time. When you take stock of your options, now it's time for you to reduce the number of, of options you have. And so a few ways to reduce the number of options that you may have is to really consider if this option aligns with your values. Does this option align with the vision you have for your life? Is this decision in alignment with who I want to become in three years or five years? Okay. And ultimately, you can ask yourself, so I learned about this years ago, uh, it's called the five, five, five rule, right? What are the consequences of not taking action? The five, five, five rule is how will you feel in five minutes, five months, or five years from now? 
Another method I want to talk about, uh, Jeff Bezos talked about in, in another article, because I had to continuously, lovingly stalk him through some other <laughs> articles to learn more about his decision-making process, but he talked about a 70% rule when it comes to making decisions. Do you have 70% of, of the information <laughs> right now when it comes to making a decision? Now, if you've listened to my permission slip episode, you know that I aim for uh, 85% imperfection when it comes to publishing these episodes on Canta Conversations. And following that rule has helped me stop uh, procrastinating or being stuck in perfectionism of wanting to have an episode that I was 100% proud of. Now I'm like, y'all going to get this 85% of Candia being proud, whether you like it or not. (laughs) So Jeff Bezos, listen, I'm working my way down to the 70%. But he talked about this in a, uh, it was a 2016 uh, shareholder letter, and he was talking about his approach to decision-making. And he said that while it was nice to have all of the information someone may want, in many cases, waiting until you know everything you should know is a problem. He says, if you wait for 90%, of information. In most cases, you're probably being too slow. So he says most decisions should be made somewhere around the 90, 70% of the information you wish you had. And I thought that was a phenomenal way to look at things. So one of the things that I often tell myself is kind of to make the decision and, and, and work my way through the process. I often say, Candia, when it comes to making a decision, You'll either make a decision, love it and move forward, or make a decision and learn from it and move forward. Either way, you're going to move forward, girl. (laughs) We opting, we are opting for lessons, not losses. It's all a lesson. And while certainty may not be an option, you can always offer the next best thing. You can always ask yourself, what's the next best thing when it comes to getting unstuck? What's the smallest action that I can take? Baby steps count too, party people. Some decisions may seem, or some uh, decisions or actions, it may seem small or routine. But these small little decisions, giving yourself permission to move forward and and perfectly, can help you win in the long term. Right? And this this also speaks to another part of the article that he focused, that, that he shared, um, just allowing or creating the space where his senior executives think three years out, right? So that's another part of um, my decision-making process. Now I say to myself, Candia, is this a Candia 2019 decision or is this a Candia 2024 decision? <laughs> He talked about the fact that he recommend he likes his executives to live in the future. None of the people who report to him are really focused on the current quarter. <laughs> they are making decisions three years out. Okay, so now we've discussed two methods. We have uh, categorizing your decisions, right, which could be a one-way door decision versus a two-way door decision, right. Then we have The 70% rule. Do you have 70% of the information you need? Okay, boom. Move forward. Now listen, Jeff. I'm still at the 
percent. Okay, your girl gonna work down at 70. <laughs> I'm a work in progress. But you know, even when I think about my pitch process, when I'm pitching different companies to conduct workshops and deliver talks, I typically want to know uh, about their audience and you know some of the recent challenges that they're faced with right now. But I don't know everything I need to know about the company, but I make the decision to move forward and pitch with the most recent information that I have. So the last method that I want to offer you is the decision to simply open yourself up to receiving once you make a decision. And what this means is you are open to getting feedback from your audience or your clients as you grow along. You are open to tweaking, updating, uh, adapting, uh, refining your techniques, your programs as you grow along. So let me share some examples, okay? I love documentaries, y'all. And anything that takes me into the decision-making or figuring it out process of producers, directors, or investigators, your girl is here for it, right? So even when I think about Game of Thrones, I jumped on the Game of Thrones bandwagon very late in life. But uh, after each episode, they would have like maybe a 10-minute talk between the creators of the show and they would talk about uh, the character development. They would talk about certain storytelling decisions that they've made. I love shows like American Greed or Mastermind where they um, talk about real life cases of how far some people go to become rich, right? (laughs) So I am obsessed with the hunt or the adventure that people grow through to get things right. I'm obsessed with the whole unfolding of, you know, the perfect business or, you know, the the opportunity that they finally got to nail this bad guy, <laughs> right? So recently too, I uh, was listening to the Versus battle on Instagram. So if you're not familiar with Versus, it is an Instagram live series created by mega multi-million dollar producers, uh, music producers, Timbaland and Swiss Beats. Okay, so Swiss Beats is a record producer. He's a rapper. He's a DJ. He's an art collector. He's an entrepreneur. He's from the South Bronx. Uh, Timberland is, I believe Timberland is from Atlanta. I believe he's from the Atlanta area. Maybe he lives on the West Coast now, but I believe he's from Atlanta. But anywho, they introduced Versus during the pandemic. Okay, as a virtual DJ battle that happened on Instagram. And so the first one, I believe we watched Timberland as Swiss Beats face off in, you know, a series of delivering their catalog of best hits to the fans on Instagram. And now fast forward, there are so many different artists who have participated in verses. So everyone from Patti LaBelle and Gladys Knight to Brandy and Monica, and most recently Keisha Cole and Ashanti have jumped into the virtual hot seat to, you know, battle their catalog of music. So... While this latest battle on Instagram shattered Instagram records, they had over 6 million viewers watch versus, right? However, there was a crazy amount of mishaps and people were pissed off. One, Keisha Cole was late to the battle. Uh, Two, people talked about Ashanti being on her phone while Keisha was sharing her songs and the energy. There was a, a, a weird negative 
I don't know, crazy energy between the two of them seemed to be a bit off at times, okay? And of course, people don't mind tweeting and Instagramming and letting the the creators behind anything let them know that they ain't happy, right? So afterwards, Swiss Beats and Timbaland jumped on Instagram Live to do a recap. And they talked about, you know, they let us in on, you know, the challenges, not only with the format, but even, you know, with the artist. And they talked about, you know, making some decisions on new ways to move forward and deliver this experience. But I was pleasantly surprised because despite the fact that they broke a record, right, six million viewers, they were still open to making decisions that would create a better experience for the audience. So everything, they discuss everything from the furniture, Swiss Beats didn't like the chairs, and the length of time for a bathroom break. Because many people talked about them taking a break and it was a long time and people started to log off. They talked about, you know, dealing with attitudes and negative energy. And they talked about, you know, maybe considering consequences for the artists when they do certain things, 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 things this thought process because it was a reminder to me that there was so much they didn't have figured out as they introduced this versus concept to the world. And in fact, I also learned that the, the concept of versus was something that Swiss Beats had been thinking about for over a decade. So timing is everything. But ultimately, you could tell by their discussions that they were committed to tweaking, refining, and then delivering the best experiences for the fans. You could tell that they were still using traditional decision-making tactics of listing the pros and cons of things. You could tell that they were making decisions from their future vision, not from a present circumstance. And ultimately, they were also open these two mega multi-millionaires who could probably, I mean, Swiss Beats has a, a house like on a cliff over the water. It's like sick. But these men could probably just chill in vacation for the rest of their life. But they were open to receiving feedback and comments even after some decisions had been made. So I'm going to offer you that same thought. Open yourself up to receiving by asking for help or asking questions. This is precisely why, for me, I launched She Deserves More, my career development program. I launched it after Stories That Sell. That was my mastermind program. Because after the program ended, after Stories That Sell ended, my success partners in the group said to me, okay, Candia, wait a minute. We know this is supposed to be eight weeks, but we need more. Eight weeks, party people turned into eight months. <laughs> The success partner said, wait, girl, you can't just leave us hanging. We've learned how to speak up, pitch, and sell ourselves with confidence. Now we want to know how to keep this momentum going. So we need continued support. And here's how we need it. And so I want to offer you an opportunity to make these decisions, perhaps at the 70% mark, and open yourself up to receiving help from your community, from a community. If these mega millionaires, Jeff Bezos, I believe, is a billionaire, but if these mega millionaires, Jeff Bezos, Swiss Beats, Timberland, if they can commit to it, so should you. 
And by the way, listen, if you're ready to take the leap from stuck, confused, and unclear to confident, visible, and persuasive and marketing yourself as a go-to authority in your field, stay tuned. I have a spot for you in my upcoming career and leadership visibility program. But anywho, when you start to grow through this process, party people, when you understand that you don't have to have all of the information to make a decision, when you open or commit to opening yourself up to listening to your audience and asking for feedback throughout the process, when you commit to simply giving yourself permission to bounce back, if anything happens, the world is going to open up to you in a different way, a better way. And let me just say this too. You will never have enough time to consider all information and to convince every single person of every decision. So don't even try, okay? Dealing with uncertainty uh, and decision-making, it sucks. (laughs) But it is a necessary evil of turning your vision into reality. It is a necessary evil for showing up and speaking up in your life. Remember, while uncertainty can never be eliminated, you can adopt a few of these methods and mindset shifts so that you can reduce the level of uncertainty and you could be more productive and even get more sleep. Because sometimes, listen, we let these decisions keep us up at night. So this week, I've got a challenge for you. I want you to choose one of the decision-making options that we discussed today. I want you to consider something you've been unclear or you're afraid to decide on. And I want you to put it into practice, make a decision to move forward. And remember, whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. So you got this party people, okay? If this episode moved you in any way, please share with your people on your favorite social media platform. I will include the links to my programs and some of the videos uh, that I mentioned in this episode. I will include it in the description box. Stay tuned for next week. Bye.